You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue podcast. I am still not Oz Davis because time zones are tricky. Uh, by, I am Joe Pritchard, and with me this week is not one but two members of the Turf District podcast. We have Andrew Hoskins and Superfan Mike. Guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having Thanks for having us, Joe. Uh, we've had, we had a whole lot of fun in the uh, pregame session here, uh, <laughs> but not as much fun as these two guys had last week, last week Thursday, because they got to experience their their team winning for the first time this year and, and it seems like forever i didn't even know what to do with myself I it was is like, forever what what is what is what is this feeling is it, is it joy i don't I, I don't i don't understand what I, I, the game ended and i'm happy what what is going on it's weird uh but it was yes it's kind of nice to finally have one uh, knocked off and put uh, one in the W column. Now we need to see if we can actually do it at home at some point or another. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of nice not have to reach back into history and uh, <laughs> sort of to feel this good. I'm like, wow, I can actually do a history segment on the last time we won at home. It's that long <laughs> ago. Uh, this one did decide to drag itself along a little bit, though, and that nice thunderstorm delay in the middle of the game. Did it help you guys at all, or did it make you even more nervous as it went? I think it helped the players because it felt like two first halves was what Coach Jones was saying. Um, because it was so long, it was almost the next day, it felt like. So uh, we have not traditionally done well after a rain delay, so I was more than nervous. But maybe because it was extra long, that sort of helped the players out. I don't know. Hamilton well, I think doesn't seem to have the- good luck coming out of those either. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that I think Hamilton helped us out in that, uh, you know, they they left basically 17 points off the board. If you count missed kicks and, and a penalty on a on a return touchdown uh, definitely helped us. And being that we have had this hard time of, like Mike said, even just coming out of halftime, much less a, a weather delay, but coming out of halftime seems to be such an issue. Uh, having that extra time was worrying, but in the fourth quarter, I would say they played more like we want to see them play in a fourth quarter. They, they played three quarters of this game and not two. And that was enough for the, to, for them to get the W. Okay. So Trey Ford's been in place for a couple of weeks now. From my perspective, it looks like he's comfortable. It doesn't look like he's feeling a lot of jitters. They do seem to be calling a rather conservative game for him so far. But what are you guys seeing? Yeah, I think that um, they're letting him ease in. I mean, he's uh, he's got a, a pretty decent passer rating, but he's not doing a lot of passing yet. Um, so I think that they want to let him be successful so that uh, especially as a young player, he's only started two games last year and even a game and a half last year. And then now two games this year, Um, you don't want to sort of put him into the fire too much, which is what I think they've done with Cornelius, especially with the problems we've had with the offensive line. So, um, you know, he's also got, you know, great running ability. So the fact that he can, uh, you know, not necessarily rely on having to throw the ball 30 times in a game or more, 
um, really works well for this this offensive scheme. I think the other side of that too is that Jarius Jackson has been working with him for the whole time that they've they've had him on the team, and I think he knows even because he was the quarterbacks coach, he knows a little more acutely what Trey's skills are. And uh, I think even in this last game against Hamilton, there was a lot more or a lot less conservative, I guess, a lot more aggressive play calling where you saw a little more of that RPO. You saw that beautiful Sally ran naked bootleg was executed really, really well. And so I think you're going to see more and he was going downfield a lot more too. I mean, he had two passes that didn't count, but went off the guy's hands, one to Gino Lewis and one to Dylan Mitchell, and both probably would have ended up in points. So I think they're turning the corner as far as finding where the aggression needs to be. And I don't think they're playing as much, you know, run up five yards, turn around and I'll hit you in the chest. It's a little more, let me hit you in motion. And uh, that's a big deal in this offense. And better for Trey. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And the more, and the more that the receivers are out in the routes makes it easier for him to have holes to run through too. Um, Because you've got guys that are just sitting down at five yards. The defenders are sitting on top of them too. Right. A hundred percent. And I, I think the, uh, if, if I, I think if Trey Ford was running the offense that we were running earlier, he wouldn't have had and much, he wouldn't have had any more success than Taylor who was running it maybe a little, but not because his accuracy seems to be a little bit higher on the scale at this moment. But I, I do think that that offense was very much, you know, we need seven yards, so let's get four. And right and let this make one is the receiver we need nine the so yeah this one we need nine so go 10 and we will yeah. get it yeah so I, I like that much better yeah and gino lewis is back dylan mitchell seems to be emerging it didn't seem like he was a favorite of cornelius or at least the way the offense was structured this year it wasn't working for him so and, and there's talented running back too so is there a chance that things start looking a little bit rosier right now yeah, I mean, I, I think the problem we've been not- noticing in the first half of the year was at quarterback, of course, there was there was issues, but that offensive line has just been, shall we say, problematic uh, the first half of this year. Um, it's hard to get any kind of rhythm going. It's hard to get uh, those longer, less um, lower percentage passes when you've you're on your backside because you've been, you know, sacked or you've been hurried or whatever. Um, So the fact that, I mean, Cornelius can run. I don't understand why they didn't do more of it. It seemed like he would have a couple of plays where he was moving the pocket or running for first down or positive yardage, and then they would stop. And then in the second half, we've all seen what's happened in those first nine games. Mm So um, Ford seemed to be more active in that running because, I mean, everyone has an option when they're they're given their play call. and he didn't seem to be as afraid of it or more willing to get in there and, and get his nose dirty. So, yeah, I don't know. And I guess the question then comes, is it he's more willing to do it or that the now new offensive coordinator was like, if the spot's open, take it. And yeah, not, absolutely. And not, you know, shackling him. So uh, it's really tough to say on uh, which of it it is, but I'm just 
happy they're doing it. <laughs> so yeah. It looks a lot. It's much more fun to watch. Let me just yeah. put it that even that's, in a losing effort the week before it was still exciting. Right. So yeah, that's the another... big, that's the big question too. I'm sorry, Mike, uh, but that's the big question is how much of it was Cornelius and how much it was of it was the offense. And now it's, Hey, how much of it is Trey Ford? How much of it is the offense? Because Cornelius looks to all of the world like he has the talent to do this. He has some flaws in his game, but the results didn't seem to match what his talent was. So I wonder if a new spot or a different offensive coordinator might have helped him out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you make any kind of change like that. Um, you, you're almost wondering what if with the previous guy. Um, but I mean, I really liked what I saw from Trey Ford last year. Of course, he won in Hamilton in 2022 as well. Um, playing in front of that hometown crowd for him that where he grew up, uh, you know, seems to agree with him for sure. So um, would Cornelius have done well with Jarius Jackson as an OC? I don't know. Maybe uh, he did have a great trick play uh, in this last game uh, with <laughs> mm-hmm. that throw to AC Leonard uh, for what, 45 yards. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you even saw someone trying it yesterday in the game but uh didn't quite work out as well no no it didn't work out on that front no but uh maybe hopping over to the other side of the fence in hamilton they're starting to look like that they're don't have everything uh, their ducks in a row this year no they look like they're struggling they look like they're struggling um i think the fact that they were playing with two very young um offensive tackles uh was very noticeable um because our, our i mean seven sacks for the elks in this game um and and i think that you know they, they're they also on their third string quarterback um and and the offense just is it, it it comes in like spurts for hamilton right but that defense was supposed to be vaunted and they seem to not be as um shut down as as we thought they might be um so I, I think that that's a big uh pushback on them and they're finding that they're you know not getting off the field and then the offense is is struggling with the uh, you know getting sacks and these types of things so yeah maybe maybe not exactly what we we thought it was going to be um I, I don't know that it makes a difference if Bo Levi is in there or not maybe they move the ball a little bit more but we also saw Bo Levi's last game where he threw five interceptions. I know they found a way to win, but it's it uh, all is not rosy in uh, in one Hamilton town. Yeah, and it seemed like the the Elks were making Hamilton sort of two dimensional. I mean, if you take away James Butler and Tim White, their second highest or the third highest receiver because James Butler was second highest was twenty nine yards. Um, and then running again, Taylor Powell and James Butler outside of that, it's Kyle Oxley for a couple of dives, um, or one dive. Right. Um, so it, it just seems like that was all the team was it, And when it comes to fantasy, it's a good thing. I took both white and Butler in this game, but if you took anybody else, like you were not getting your money's worth for sure. Yeah. And I don't think the, uh, Hamilton fans are really getting much beyond that either. No, and it's, and it's just been a struggle for them to find an identity this year. I did have Josh Smith on here two three weeks ago at this point right. and even he was like i don't know what this team is good at right now right so, mm. mm-hmm. that's fair yeah uh special teams wasn't it this week either that's for sure bomber fans know the feeling of mark leggio not having or having one of his off games the funny right. thing about leggio is he's either on or he's off and there's no in between and this week was an off week 
Thank goodness. Thank you. (laughs) I am not complaining. I feel bad for the guy, but I am not complaining at all. Yeah, that was uh, was kind of kind of nice to not be on the bad end of special teams for once. Yeah, and and, I mean we've we've had several years of some pretty stellar kickers here in Edmonton as well, uh, with obviously Sean White and Sergio Castillo, who are now, of course, lighting it up for their other teams as well. Um, We've got Dean Faithful, who's doing fairly decently for a rookie, 36 or otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's certainly not lights out football like you're seeing. Um, And I think that too many coaches seem to make a kicker uh, a second thought, it feels like. Um, either, you know, don't want to pay them as much or don't really care if they leave. And uh, I think Hamilton sort of figured out last night, if they didn't know already, how important that kicking position is, because that's a lot of points and possibly, if not a win, making it competitive. Right. Changes the whole vibe of the game if they're closer yeah. later on. So for sure. Now, go- moving on to a game that had a weird vibe the whole way. Winnipeg comes away with a win in Calgary. In a oh. game that over the past 20 years would have been Calgary's to take easily. I I couldn't believe that game. <laughs> no, It almost felt like they were trying to give it away to each other. It's just like, no, 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 you take this one. Seriously. <laughs> no, I, and I'm going to sit here fully, fully aware that everybody knows I'm a Bomber fan. It's sitting here going, sure. Calgary was the better team in that game. They literally dropped the ball. They had the they could have taken this game in about five or six different different times and taken and just taken control. And every single time a huge mistake gives the bombers new life. Well, and the the drop on what was it, the like six yard line yeah. at, with nobody within end, twenty like, yards. With oh. nobody. Like it, it was it was a touchdown. Who dropped that one? Was that uh, Luther Hakunovano? I think. Uh, yes. Oh, bless yes. you. Yeah, that one. Um, yeah, I think um, probably. I mean, I couldn't believe that. Um, like right, right off the hands, I thought, oh, here we go, Calgary wins. Like I, I was all prepared for that, and then, doink. Ooh. Okay. Well. Um, because it, it's not like Winnipeg lit the world on fire. How many people had Drew Brown in their lineup for fantasy? Me, yeah, me too. All of us, and mm-hmm. yep, yeah, and uh, we're all like, I all like, I think I texted Mike. I think it was in the third quarter and said, "Where was this Drew Brown last yeah. week? That doesn't seem fair. What is going on?" But to so, be fair, yeah. Jake Mayer was pretty different kinds of shades of awful as well. Absolutely. He, Less yeah, than fifty percent passing. I'll actually stick up for him a bit, <laughs> and I've been spending the whole year going. He needs to be better. This week, his receivers let him down. Yeah, and he could have been fair. better too this week, but his receiver dropping a wide open touchdown pass. There was a couple deep balls that could have yeah. been caught. He can't. He can't catch the ball to as well as throw it. So a little. I'm taking a little bit of that away from him as being part of the problem. You're too right. Kind. Yeah, you are. <laughs> it's I mean, a lot easier like, to be kind about it when your team has won the game, though. That's, that's true. And he wears yeah. red, so I just can never be that kind. Fair. That's right. Yeah. No, I, and and I'm sitting here and thinking because I believe it was last year too. Paredes had 53. 
a 53 yarder to win with no time left and came up maybe a foot short this right. year, but just about the same thing. It was long enough. It was just a tiny bit wide. I mean, yeah. the thing with, with Paradis is that he still kicked six field goals. Yeah. Like he yeah. was all of their points. Right. He went so, six of eight, I believe, because he had a yeah. 44 off the, off the upright too. Right. Amazing. So, great. Yeah. So and, the bom- the bombers kicker. are some kind of lucky. Because if you give exactly. if you're gonna put Paredes out there, you're thinking, okay, that's three. And in this case, wow. in this in this case, two tricky ones, because from my understanding, there was quite a bit of wind going on. And I mean, we're we're looking at like eight degree temperatures too, after a day of thirty four. Yeah, but but Castillo hit all four of his field goals and his extra point. So that is true. Yep. But I'm I guess my point here is. Sitting here as a bomber fan, I'm thinking Paredes is going to make all of oh, his yeah. kicks, and right. I, and then for the second year in a row, a miss kick by Paredes gives Winnipeg a win when they may not have deserved it. Well, don't ask how. Yeah, some, sometimes, sometimes you got to be lucky. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Winnipeg yeah. wasn't good this game, but they were good enough. They, you know, how many games? I'll ask you this, Joe, and you don't have to come right off the top of your head, but think about it at one point is how many games over the past, say, three years that have been close like that, that Winnipeg gets that bounce at the end of the game? And I don't know if it's just because they play the rest of the games that well or or other teams get worried because they've played those other games really well, but they can have those bad games and it, the bounce just happens. Their Like the script last year was 14 in the first disappear until the fourth and then score another 14. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And win the game by three. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. So I don't. And, and was it the year before where it was like, well, if you have a lead going into the fourth, forget it. it game's over. Winnipeg wins. Right. right? So it's I, I think they're just they just find ways and they have been on the the good side of a lot of those bounces in the last few years. And that's what happens when you're and, a good team. And, and when it doesn't happen, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like what? Wait, this actually was they're not actually they're not actually gonna win this one somehow? Really? Right. That's new. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Man center's gotta get involved sooner or later. No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> well, and uh a team that doesn't seem to know how to close out games, except against Winnipeg earlier this year. Ottawa blowing a big lead late. Oh, that was an incredible finish. Yeah. Uh, again, Andrew and I were texting during this one uh, with another friend of ours. And it's just, I felt like Ottawa had the ability to come back, but with that strong first half by Ottawa, it just, it seemed like, I guess it just isn't Montreal's day, especially when you get, you got backup quarterbacks in all the time, but crumb just seemed like he'd been so strong and Caleb Evans. I don't know. He's, He's a decent quarterback, but I don't think anyone's going to be like, that should be our number one next year. No, Evans was rough last year when he had a chance to be a number yeah. one. You're not expecting him to put up the numbers he put up this week. You're just right. not. 
<laughs> Why and you're not for expecting to... him to run around at the end? <laughs> like to yeah. pull that last drive off. Oh my goodness. It was unbelievable. No, and especially against the team that he was with last year and couldn't get right. moving. Yeah, and they and they all know him, right? So <laughs> and and that Ottawa defense has been I mean, yes, you can you can get them on a pass, but they've been pretty stout against the run and and making sure. And then to watch him run into the end zone, I'm like, really? Um, only just because I picked Ottawa to win too, I was a little upset. But other than that, it was fine. <laughs> Told you away teams. Um, and and look at the stats, right? <laughs> Caleb Evans, 333 yards passing to Crumbs, 130. Like almost triple Crazy. the amount of passing yards, and it was that close, just coming down to the end of the game. Yeah, because we nuts. and and we we've seen enough of Crumb to know that he can put up big numbers. I'm wondering if the league's starting to catch up to him, though. Yeah, I think that anytime you've got someone who comes in and lights the world on fire in that first or even second game, eventually there's enough film out there that other teams will be able to plan against you. Um, there's just been a lot of, of guys getting starts that in years past we didn't see as much, but there's so many quarterbacks going down this year. Oof, yeah. So hard. So hard. And, and, I and agree there's with a, you, the film is yeah, out. Yeah. The film is out. There's, I mean, what? How many teams are in the third stringers now? Two or three already? I mean, technically Edmonton. I was just yeah. going to say. <laughs> we, yeah. Because I got, I got Ottawa. I got Montreal. Well, I don't think, Mon- no. Not Ottawa, Hamilton, Edmonton so far. Saskatchewan. Yeah. Four. Saskatchewan okay. is on. So it's four teams yeah. that have been on the third. Almost half. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oof. It's, yeah, it's nuts. And, uh, and you're seeing, I mean, there was there was a threat. It might have been in BC, but I mean, then Vernon got better before, uh, uh, as as Dane Evans got hurt, right? So right was pre- pretty close to five. <laughs> it's nuts. How yeah, many we're one hit away from year? like all nine teams almost. Because right, I don't know if I'm trying to think if there's a team that started the same quarterback the whole season so far. Calgary, Toronto, Toronto. Toronto, yeah, because uh, Kelly missed thought, time. I thought, in a, oh, in he missed one time game. in that game, but he did start it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toronto and Calgary are the two. Yeah, you think that would bode well for Calgary, but it hasn't. Apparently not. It's a shame. I, I mean, they've had the same coaching staff essentially um, for the last what sixteen years, fifteen years mm-hmm. um, between. I think so. Between Dickinson and Huffnagel. Um, and this is the first year that Hopnagel hasn't been the GM. So it's a lot of hats for Dickinson to wear. He's got to wear the GM hat and the head coaching hat. And who are the three teams that have a head coach and GM? Mm-hmm. Hamilton, Calgary, and Edmonton. The record of those three teams has not been great. No. If the playoffs started today, which three teams have missed the playoffs? Right. Correct. Yeah. Tells you something about how hard that job has to be. Well, it's sure multiple does. jobs because it's not only are they GM and head coach, but they're also a coordinator. Right. No, uh, I think I think worse. Orlando uh, is not. Or, yeah, I think Orlando isn't. Right. Right. Uh, isn't Dickinson still running the offense? No. In I thought Calgary? there was somebody else who's an offensive coordinator. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. 
shockingly, I don't follow that team very closely. What? <laughs> I know it's weird. <laughs> we should have Ryan on our podcast soon. We should probably. Yeah. Well, you're coming Maybe. up on Labor Day. I'm sure you will. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sure we will. I believe the the we are lining up for in between Labor Day and the and the rematch at this particular moment just because of his schedule. But that is what we're looking at as a possibility. So right. We oh, will yeah. have the villain on before long. Yes. Oh yeah. It's still Monaco is the offensive coordinator in Calgary. Okay, there you go. Okay. Okay. Who still. was the O line coach before? Still is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't want to, nobody wants to wear one hat anymore, do they? (laughs) Who can afford it with a cap? That's right. (laughs) A cap is awful. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not conducive to long-term success. That is for sure. Yeah. Well, unless you're Winnipeg. Unless you're, yeah, unless you're good. If you're a good team, you're fine. If you're not a good team, you're not going to lose, you're not going to lose your coordinators left and right anymore either. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Because no one else can pay them. No one else can afford to pay them, so they can they get to stay there. Yeah, they're nope, too busy not, paying not for their complaining for about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. Well, at least one of the coaches on the hot seat this week got a li- got made his seat a little cooler with Saskatchewan pulling it out over BC, and almost didn't do it. Oh, that was like almost the third game in a row where it was a one-point win in the end. I thought for sure uh, the Lions were going to sort of come back and take that. But, I mean, it's an exciting game to watch uh, if you didn't really have any dog in the fight. But um, those of us in the West were, of course, all pulling for beasts. Well, maybe not Winnipeg fans. I think Winnipeg fans <laughs> No, were, Winnipeg were... fans were sitting there going, this could be okay either way. Yeah. I mean, BC, if BC wins, they're expected to. If Saskatchewan wins, well, that means Saskatchewan wins, but it means BC loses. So, right. Yeah. You know, I'd like eh. to thank the writers. That feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we go that far, but no. <laughs> it, it's one of those times you don't quite mind it when they win. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, another one of those games where Adams had almost what 450, 500 yards passing. Yeah. And, and to, lost. Yeah. What? Three touchdown passes. Oh, man. And, and it feels to me like the Riders do have a little bit of bounce luck this year. Early in the season, they had that game in Calgary. <laughs> Where? You're telling us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the two hands we handed to the two games we handed to them. I wasn't even yeah. gonna go there, but yes, yeah, those two. Yep. So those two, the Calgary game in week two, I want to say, where there were two fumbles that Calgary had like so many opportunities to get. Saskatchewan gets and like fourteen point swings both times in a yeah. game where they won by like three. <laughs> so, uh, they haven't had the easiest stretch of things, especially with the quarterback injuries. But every so often, they do find they do find things uh, coming up their way, especially that last touchdown pass where MLS came and took the ball away from Sales. That was just amazing. <laughs> that oh, that was an unbelievable catch. No, you're just yeah. sitting there going, okay, Sales is camping under it. Got the hot dog, or got the hot dog on the campfire. Just waiting for this thing to come down. Oh. Where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> and off goes I mean, Emelis in the fan zone. 
I, at the time, I was just like, what What did we just see? It looked phenomenal on TV. Again, if you had some people that are not CFL fans watching this weekend, you saw some pretty exciting finishes, that's for sure. If not, you know, the entire games, the finishes seemed to be pretty fun. Well, yeah, and my, two enormous catches from MLS, too. The, yeah, the one yeah. earlier in the game where he jumped over two guys, like in... I have no idea how high he was off the ground, but that was a crazy catch in the first place and then made it even better with the one where he stole the interception. Now, if the BC guy had not just waited for the ball and gone to go get the ball, I wonder what would have happened. But still, man, uh, highlight real catch. That's for sure. And Jake, Do- and Jake Dolagala is the toast of Regina for this week. Uh, <laughs> check Check on it in a few weeks, see if he's still, but he came out and had a really nice start. He had a great game, but I mean, much like Andrew was talking about in the Hamilton game with those two tackles, the tackles did not do Vernon Adams any oh, favors no. in no. this game. When I mean, you can sit there and start naming who the right tackle is. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Um, no, unless you're unless you're a fan of that team, you probably shouldn't know who the right tackle is. Like exactly by the third quarter. <laughs> you shouldn't be hearing his name a lot. No. Um <laughs> But uh, to me, it was just, it's a tale of the lines, right? We always talk about the game is won in the trenches and Saskatchewan had what, five sacks? Um, uh, I think so. And a and bunch of holding penalties. penalties and... Yeah, Perkins had all those penalties. It was really tough to watch uh, for the Lions fans for sure. Um, but yeah, they only had one sack on, on Dolagala, and that was Betts, who hadn't had any sacks in like three games, so... Yeah, and then missed most of the game because it was like he was injured, and then all of a sudden he was back in the fourth quarter. It was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, and that BC team is either hot or cold at this point of the season. It seems like they're they're either blowing people out or they're, for the most part, last this last game they did they were out of it for until the fourth quarter. You know, they came storming back and just they were probably about a minute or two too late. Well, I don't mind if they get hot as long as they're cold on September 22nd. That'd be nice. <laughs> Not thinking they're playing. anything. Yeah, no. I have no idea. They're probably <laughs> playing them... a team that hasn't scored a point against them yet. Let's let's see if we can get some chili out there. Let's sure that's what it is. Maybe chili just... and yeah, maybe let's... a single point somehow. Yes, don't get <laughs> shut out by the same te- te- team three times because I don't think that's ever happened, has it? Well, no. Uh, only once before has it happened that one team was shut out twice by the same team, and Edmondson's been on on both of those, or on the positive side once and the negative side this time. So, yeah, yeah. Just, get just history, history making up for it itself, I guess. I don't know. I love me some history. We've had enough history this year. Thanks. <laughs> Make history in another way next year or the year after. How about <laughs> this year? Might be too. How about, late. how about the rest of this year? I'd be fine with the rest of this year. Yeah, we find a way to to win a bunch of games. That's good. That's a that's good history lesson. I'm okay with let's, that. Yeah, let's just win out. That'll work. Yeah, I like uh, I, su- I suppose though, if you think about it, we're only halfway through the year, and nobody wants the sixth playoff spot. <laughs> it's a hot potato. <laughs> so, okay, Canadian, so right? So it's like, no, 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 you have it. I insist. No, no, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We'll be okay. So we know that we know Toronto's in. We know Montreal's in, quite likely. 
we know Winnipeg is in. We know BC is in. So then five and six. At any point right now, it could go any way in these last eight or nine games. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, there's so many different ways it's a good break. Saskatchewan's sitting pretty in fifth right now. They're two games ahead of just sure. about anybody else. But we've seen them have up and downs, and uh, they're ups and downs, so they could be caught. Um, you've seen flashes out of Ottawa. You think that they're about ready to get to take it to the next level, and then they then this happens. <laughs> After this week. Um... <laughs> yep, and then Cal- Calgary's got a good defense. Not much of an offense. If they could figure out the offensive part, they're in play. I mean, it's Hamilton's actually got a game in hand on those two. Right. But nobody has any expectations for them. And then, I mean, if you want to, if if you want to think about Edmonton turning it around, I mean, they're only two games back with two games back and we're playing to play Ottawa, (laughs) Calgary and Saskatchewan as our next four games. Yeah. So there's your chance. Yeah, and we yep. play BC, Toronto, Montreal, and Winnipeg. But still, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, four wins is good. We can pull that off, right? Yeah. You know what? Hey, season. if if we find a way to uh, uh, sweep Labor Day, uh, that our year is made. We're good. Right good. at that point, you're we're just ready like, to okay. go till next year. Good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. See you next yep. year. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. We can we can wrap it up now, and we'll play next year. We're good. Yeah. Exactly. Other than tailgates, because of tailgates are very important. We have to have all of those. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Because it's <laughs> not what get you all for a tailgate. About. It's always <laughs> about that. Correct. Yeah. That's what football's all about. Yeah. Like I said, you As gotta get you be. out there. We'll we'll have you down for a tailgate. We'll will even let you pick the menu. Whoa. Huh? Mike does not Ooh. hand that honor over easily. It's true. Well you're, you're I hope you like bratwurst and cheese curds. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> cheese curds on the bratwurst. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Then. Well, we're, we're having or, cheese or curds this them. week. Yeah, we are having cheese curds this week because we're having brisket poutine. Mmm. Mm. so good. Sorry, poutine. Sorry. Oh, poor Cliffy's going to hurt me after saying it the wrong way. Pretty much. Yeah. Be good. Yeah. Anyway, talking about sweeping the Labor Day match. I mean, it's been a while since that happened. So <laughs> I think we're due. Right. Yeah, Calgary's be been fair. pretty good for a while somehow. Yeah, but even when we were good, like we weren't sweeping them. So That's true. Last yeah, time was so... 2004. And that yeah. was that we swept it. That we did the home and the, the ranch, yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about the times that Calgary swept it, which is definitely no, no. more often. Yeah, so we don't, we don't need to know that. You like guys you sound said, like bomber fans due. talking about Labor Day as of like two or three years ago, even. <laughs> yeah, but not lately. No, no. not lately. No. no. So, it's our turn. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, we're okay with that, all things considered. Yeah. All right. Well, looking ahead to next week, we've got Montreal in Winnipeg. So one of the two, te- one of the four teams that are sitting in a decent playoff spot, going to be handed a loss this week, likely. I mean, ties happen, but not very often. Oh, can we? <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, yeah. So looks, everything is pointing at Zach Claris being back. 
Yeah. Have I gotten much indication? I'm not sure yet if Cody Pichardo is back, but I would expect him to be back too. I all this season I've been thinking Montreal's been kind of under the radar, but now I think by now people are starting to understand that they're a pretty good team and they made le- lemonade out of lemons this off season. <laughs> and actually brought him in. Yeah. <laughs> to add to the lemonade. Yeah. So uh you know it it's it'd be an interesting game, especially if everyone is healthy and you've actually got uh Calaris going against Fajardo. That could be uh, a very interesting game on how which offense can crack the other one's defense. Because Montreal Montreal's defense is playing really well. So I this this is a very very tough one to call that is for sure. Yeah, and the two teams have played some good games over the past few years. Uh, Montreal actually came into Winnipeg and won last year, so right. uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility there. Uh, this or the earlier matchup was the storm delayed game that just the offenses weren't going very far, but Winnipeg did enough to win that one. I expect they'll do it again, but I mean, I've been sit, I've been on this joy ride with the Bombers for the last what four years now, so I have no expectations it's going to end anytime <laughs> soon, right? Yeah, I'll just uh, wait for the crash at the end. <laughs> oh, that's always fun. Trust me. Um, yeah, this is going to be an interesting game again. Caleros didn't have a great start before he got injured against Edmonton, um, so it, it's really hard to say. Um, if I was going to be putting money on a game and I had to put money on this one, I, I know where I'd be putting my, my, uh, dollars, but any given well Thursday in this case, um, yeah, if there's going to be an upset, I could see this being the upset of the week. Yeah. I guess the only thing to speak against that possibly is Montreal be on a short week and Winnipeg's been used to playing Thursdays pretty much all season so far. Right. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, although Winnipeg was Friday last week. It was Friday and a late Friday right. at that. But at that point, right. you're talking hours, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. And and Montreal was Saturday. So Saturday. so not too much difference between the two to get to Thursday. I mean, a little bit. Sure. But, you know, not not enormous. Um and and this one, I, I I don't know if I'd even go so far as to say it's an upset because they are sure. playing like they're both playing quite well. So, um, until I know a quarterback, I don't know. I don't know that I would go like, yeah, this is who's going to win. But um, I, I I can say that I'm absolutely I'm thinking of taking Montreal just because of the way that they have found a way, and that defense really finds a way to bounce back every week. Laros is practicing with the ones. I saw that earlier on Twitter today or okay. X. Uh, I have not heard about Whatever. Montreal though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old. Yeah. It's Twitter. Damn it. <laughs> It'll always be Twitter to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not zeding or whatever the hell you call it. Now I'm tweeting. That's what it is. So that's right. All right. Well, so a game that looks obvious on paper, but you're going to take us when you take a second to dive into it. It doesn't feel that way anymore. Calgary going into Toronto. I mean, you just hear that matchup. No, it's in Toronto. And like, you're immediately like, check that Toronto box. But remember, Toronto's already lost to Calgary this year. They're coming off a bye though. 
Um, it's true. It's at home. It's at so home. So you got to figure Kelly has got an extra week to rest. Uh, so any of that injury from three weeks ago, I think, is pretty much shaken off. Um, Toronto has been sort of relegated to you're not the best team in the league right now because Winnipeg has more wins than you. Uh, and while Toronto fans say, yeah, but we've had fewer losses than Winnipeg, um, they're still being not they're still being told that they're the second best in the league. And I think that that's sort of rankling a lot of players. So they have something to like, let's not move. piss them off anymore. We know what they can do. They're good. <laughs> let's not pissing them off. <laughs> well, they're playing Calgary. So I really want them to be play pissed off. Okay. So. They can be pissed this week. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just not in November at the end of November. There we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Super fan is that you, uh, the winning record has always been going to the team coming off the bye. I believe yeah. it is now t- 10 and three or something along that lines coming off the bye. No, it can't be that. Cause that would be too many weeks. We don't have enough weeks to do that. Well, we've but had anyway, a couple of, have, a... have we had a three game week yet this year? Uh, oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, we have maybe yeah, once yeah. or so twice. That's true. Once, yeah. Anyway. So we have had, it's, 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 heavily in the favor of the team coming off the bye so for us correct yeah we were one of the three yay for us uh set in history again super fan no just mark that down yeah um i think that uh yeah toronto's had that extra week of rest other than aj willette who went wrestling while he hoes on bye week so that's (laughs) exciting um but maybe that helps him. Who knows? I mean, if there's and, ever and this a tape, time he was making the tackles, the he was making yeah. the tackles instead yeah. of being tackled. So I'm sure he's at the table with it. <laughs> uh, right through the table. Um, I I do think, yeah, Chad Kelly with the extra weeks rest, the extra time to watch film, um, and, and like you said, Mike, something to prove. I I I, I we can dive deeper into it, but. I think Toronto finds a way and in the overall picture, they are a, a more well-rounded team than Calgary is at this point. Yeah. Cause, cause we've, we've already hit on the point of Toronto or Calgary having the issues moving the ball. So Toronto's defense isn't going to make that easy either. I just, I, I, that my first impression of this too, is just check that Toronto box, but always good to give it a second thought too. Sure. Well, last week there was a few games where you're like, oh, I'm just going to check that Winnipeg box. And that almost didn't happen. And I'm going to check that BC box. Oop, nope. nope. <laughs> I went two happen, for two. So, I went two for two right? last week and I'm that I'm not a two for two player this year. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I went one out of four or oh, it was not a good week. I so. think I went three and one this week. So it's the oh. last game. Oh, rub it all in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I get one a year. So that's I'll right. Yeah. That's... <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, and I'm also going to stare at this one. Hamilton going into BC mm-hmm. and just go say BC move on. I'm not even going to take an extra second to think about that one. No, BC's pissed off. And, and, Ham- and Hamilton never wins in Vancouver or Calgary. No. You're talking three time zones, right? And you've got to go right. from east through central mountain and over the way to Pacific. That is doesn't not work well for other teams. It's a graveyard for eastern teams coming into BC Place. Sure. But Hamilton yeah. seems to be spectacular about it too. Well, like Vancouver know. and Calgary seem to just be haunted for them. 
which is hilarious because when they come to Commonwealth, they don't seem to have a problem at all. No, I don't. I, it's so weird. I don't. I don't get how that works. But, um, yeah, I agree with Mike. BC's angry. Ugh, I don't want to play against that defense. Angry. <laughs> so no, that might be a I bad situation. I don't know that Vernon's going to have to put that many points on the board because. I don't feel like the Hamilton offense is going to be able to move a whole lot uh, out on the West Coast, is my guess. No. When is Bo off the sixth game? I mean, it's going to be a while even after that, but. Yeah. I think he still has, what, four games left? Something like that? It's a ways. Just scrolling back. Uh, Three weeks. I think he's been on three games so far. Right. So he's got three more. But who knows when he's he actually on three be again? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought because he played the first two, yeah, and then went on the six. Came that off early been... though, I think. No, he didn't. No, they they held him all the way through. I'm sure of it. I I, I thought they did. Did he come off a week early? Because it well, only would have been one week forget, early. So, yeah. Like yeah. So six, seven, eight. And then this is week. Two. Oh, maybe he did do three. I thought he only had two games on, but it could be yeah. three. All right. Interesting. Yeah, it was because let's see. Uh, Hamilton at Ottawa was Friday the 28th. So it's been three weeks since. So I don't know if they had a buy in between there or what have you, but they, they did. They did. So he said, so he said two. And it's been three weeks. So, yeah. Okay. That but either which way, either. even if he's there, I don't think it's changed anything. No, it doesn't change anything at all. I don't think he, I wasn't expecting him to be back for this game, but I'm just wondering about their season. Uh, and when you're three and six, I mean, take it from someone who's cheering for a team that's one and nine. Um, there's not a lot uh, of time left. Correct. Yeah, you 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 want to see different. You want to see the guys back in there that you thought were going to be there all season. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, nobody's had that this year, so. Oh, boy. Uh, well, we this have, been... except that we just changed because the guy we thought was going to be in there didn't really have a lot of success. So, yeah. yeah. And even his backup, Deggy, didn't have a lot of success. Correct. Yes. So, yeah. Happens. Interesting. Well, if we're talking about time ticking away, Ottawa and Edmonton seems like a game that's a must win for both clubs. Yeah, um, and of course, we uh, beat Ottawa in Ottawa last year, and then they beat us at home here. Which was just so, spectacular, too, because we're both because both teams at that point had long home losing streaks. So, you, of course, you guys went road and road. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> uh, at least, I mean, this year, Ottawa's won a couple of games at home to make up for it. We have not quite had that yet. Um it's been tough going because we've been, I've been at every home game on this streak and seeing the crowds dwindling. Uh, we set another record last week. It was the lowest home attendance at our history in Commonwealth. Um, it's the first time we've had a home attendance of less than 20,000 people. And that's of course announced attendance, which includes uh, people that weren't there. Uh, they were giving away tickets. People didn't show up for that. Um, so if alarm bells aren't ringing with our board of directors and at CFL headquarters, then they certainly should be. Um, so we need this win 
I think more than Ottawa needs an away win just because of that streak and the fact that it dominates the headlines whenever we're on TV, whenever you're reading in the newspaper, it's like, how many times have you lost at home again? Uh, so if we can even get one home win, it has to be this one. Yeah, I agree. And and also even just like you said, Mike, to change the narrative a little bit, but also the the team needs to win one at home to know that they can. Sure. I think the biggest thing right now is, and, and Jed Roberts said this to me after a game, uh, whatever it was, five games ago, <laughs> he said, uh, you know, the losing is just as contagious as winning. Yes. And if there's a team that could benefit a little bit from stringing a couple of wins together, and that doesn't mean that they're going to win out. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, they go on a massive roll, whatever. I mean, I'd love that, but I'm I'm not holding my breath on it. But you want to talk about something where they just need to know that that feeling, that contagious feeling of winning, like that would be something. And, and Ottawa had that earlier where they had the two great big comebacks. You know, they had the comeback almost that that paid off against Hamilton. Then they had the two comebacks back to back where they, they really got that exhilaration. Um, then they, they've won another game at home. Like they they've they've got that 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 fan base kind of reignited and they need it for the playoffs don't get me wrong but um but at least right now they're playing a west team they're not you know what i mean so um i'm not saying that uh but if we want to talk about who needs it for the overall health of the team the the elks need to pull one out they need to find a way to to string one together and and if they get down in the third quarter to not just you know, throw in the towel. And I'm not saying that they don't try, but it, it, you can just see the whole sideline body language. Here we go again. Right. And they, they need to know that at home they can win. And, uh, and I'm hoping with this new system and the new things that they're throwing in and the little bit of extra time they got this week with uh, playing on a Thursday and then not until a Sunday. Um, I, I hope that that, that, continues this offense growing and making something exciting for people to sit and watch in the stands. And Ottawa's defense hasn't been doing the job lately. They've been, they've had a run on the pass on the run. They are on the run. They are, but not on the pass. A hundred percent. No, losing Dandridge was a big blow. Yeah. Agreed. For special teams and defense. Yeah. It seems to have changed the tenor of their season, which amazingly, it wasn't the quarterback. It wasn't the quarterbacks. It was Brandon Dandridge, who's the second big returner they've lost this year. Devontae Dedman's gone early, but Dandridge changed both the defense and the special teams. So they've got they've got some patching to do. Edmonton's playing well. I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna say your guys' misery is going to at least feel a little bit better this week. I'm gonna take an Edmonton. <laughs> oh man. What what is this uh What's the position you're talking about this? Like a, a returner? What what is that again? Like it's uh actually we have one now. I guess CJ Sims is pretty good, but we haven't maybe we'll let's just let's just go crazy. Say we win the game and we get a return touchdown. Could you imagine? I want whatever it is you're on. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I will I will I'm not greedy. At this point, I will take the That's home right. win. I mean, yeah, that's feeling like a bridge to too far at this point. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. A return touchdown for the first time in eight years? Sure. Why not? <laughs> but um, I would just be happy with ball security, getting out past the, the 35, even to the past the 40 on returns is fantastic as far as I'm concerned. Let Trey and his guys do his thing. Um, we've got two excellent running backs. Uh, and one guy, when we were talking about receivers, we didn't mention was Kyron Moore, who's really yeah. come on strong lately with the injuries that we've had to uh, our receivers. Um, he was sort of that forgotten man when everyone was talking about Dylan Mitchell going into a second year, Geno Lewis, Stephen Dunbar Jr. Um, most people weren't talking about Kyron Moore other than, well, he'll hopefully be a good returner. Um, and he's been excellent at receiving the last couple of games. So yeah, he's like good on those short, pa- he's good on the short passes and making one move and taking off. They call him swerve. Personal experience on that one. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And uh, he has been good and, and, and Dunbar kind of had a breakout game last game. So against the old team, yeah. you know, we're not playing in Hamilton, but maybe he'll carry it over, you know? So um, I think the biggest thing, that would really be nice is, and I want the guys to win and I want them to feel like they've can win at home and all those things, but just having fans be able to stay to the end and leave that beautiful place of football happy would be amazing because it's like you said, Mike, it's eight years since we had a return touchdown, but it's four, almost four calendar years since we had a home win. Yeah. And like just even being able to go down into the scrum afterwards or, and, or go down as we're on the field and watching people leave and not be like, (laughs) like, you know, it would be nice. It'd be nice to have that, that, that feeling back in, in that stadium again. My son is 11 and he can't remember the last time the team won. You saw the team win at home. It's fair. Yeah. That's That's terrible. All right. Yep. It will happen. Yeah, I agree. It oh, it'll will happen. happen. <laughs> I just don't want him to be, you know, married with his own kids when it finally does. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very true. Yeah. I, I'm I'm right with you. I've I have two boys that would uh really like it if uh they could win so that when dad comes home, you know, it's still grumpy. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Of course they lost. Yeah. No, I gotta we need to have Do something. You even need better. to ask. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How was the game? Uh, yep. Okay. That's a frassy Right. Walk, walk in, walk in moping after they win. Have them ask and then just like <laughs> Oh no, they're gonna be there. Them. They'll be there. Oh, they'll be there. They're, they'll yeah. be there for the yeah, they they regularly come with us. Uh just the last game they didn't, but usually they're they're with us for the games. They will be for this one, so I would just like to be able at the end to be like, can you believe it? Look at this. See this? This is the feeling we used to have all the time. This, yes, this <laughs> is it'll possible. Be, it'll yeah. be like Herb Brooks back in 1980. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> <laughs> I do now. Yep. Yep. Amazing. All right. Well, we'll get this one wrapped up here with the Rouge, White, and Blue. Um, Andrew and Mike, can you promote what you guys got going on because it's really good <laughs> all right well uh if you want to follow the show it's the turf district uh it's kind of it's at the turf district on all of the social medias uh facebook twitter slash x uh instagram threads tiktok 
but probably most importantly on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us there because uh, our show is out on Tuesday nights. We record live uh, and you can join us right in the chat and answer, uh, throw in your questions for us. And uh, we will answer them and have a little bit of fun uh, as we get through our evening. And then the audio comes out usually the next day. Superfan does all the other cool stuff, though. <laughs> I don't know what cool stuff lately, but at least I get to talk about wins. Um, uh, you can follow me usually at 56 Parkies. And then, of course, the uh, Edmonton Football History Twitter account is probably the most active place for social media for that. And that's at E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. All right. Well, thank you very much, both of you. And uh, we'll see you next week on the Rouge, White, and Blue. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. <laughs>